new sponsor, new sponsor alert. Guys, I got to tell you about our new sponsor, T-Fury. It's the original pop culture t-shirt destination selling unique designs every day since 2008. I can barely remember that far back. I'm going to have to take their word on that. You can snag their shirts for only 24 hours starting at midnight. Man, I'm talking fast right now. Missing a shirt from the past and want to get it again? Head to the T-Fury gallery where you can buy some old designs still in print and vote on others to come back from the dead. Zombie style. Every two to four weeks, T-Fury adds more designs to their gallery, so be sure to keep an eye out for the return of your favorite shirts. T-Fury shirts cover all your favorite topics and fandoms nerds i am talking to you they've got everything from gaming sci-fi anime tv movies pop culture and more i can't imagine what the more is i feel like they covered everything just then their t-shirts change daily so check back as often as you'd like also don't forget about the t-fury after hour sale if you miss the day shirt by only a little they keep the sale going into the wee hours of the morning just for you i can only imagine that means thousands upon thousands of t-shirt employees waiting for you to place an order please make their night it sounds super depressing waiting up alone when a sale's going on. This December, T-Fury has some awesome shirts that'll make great gifts for the pop culture enthusiast in your life. Uh, If you're like me, that basically means that every website I go on to thinking I'm looking for gifts for other people, I just end up buying stuff for myself. Uh, Check out T-Fury.com. See what today's shirt is all about. T-Fury, here comes their slogan. I'm going to turn it into a song. Wear your art on your sleeve, on your sleeve. Hey guys, welcome to episode 89 of the JV Club as we lurch ever forward towards that delicious episode 100. Do I have any big plans for it? None whatsoever. I want to just jump into some shout outs straight away, guys. I want to acknowledge Anna S for her email, Karen B for her email and adorable uh, Cora Thanksgiving drawing. I want to thank Nita C for managing the Tumblr account, Mike H on Facebook, Facebook, Mike H on Facebook, Lizzie G on Facebook, Ben V, Allison, Arlene, and Hannah also on Facebook. I want to thank from uh, the Nerdist Mortified guests uh, page, uh, Joseph, Nicole, Dimitri, PJ, Kathy, Amy, Jenny, and Alec. Um, Twitter has been... uh, I don't want to say clogged up, but there's a lot of great uh, Quora comments uh, coming in. And um, I feel like maybe some of the podcast ones have gotten lost in the shuffle. So I don't have any t- podcast specific shout outs today off of Twitter. But uh, I certainly thank you for for tweeting me over there. And hopefully I'm getting back to you guys or at least favoriting your tweets if they're uh, podcast related. Um, I do hope everyone had a wonderful and fantastic uh, Thanksgiving, um, if in fact that's something that you celebrate. And I also want to just acknowledge uh, a sort of an informal sponsorship that we've uh, put together. Uh, And by we, I mean me and uh, this person that I'm about to tell you about, who is Melissa McDaniel. She is a fan and listener of the podcast, uh, has become an email buddy, and um, does some quite, quite wonderful photography of uh, pets, cats and dogs, and has some marvelous books that uh, not only kind of educate you about uh, and acquaint you with some wonderful rescue dogs, some, uh, uh, you know, sort of specific animal groups that you should know about and that you should be charmed by. Uh, Proceeds from the books, partial proceeds go to uh, an animal organization. Actually, in this case, if you use the JV Club discount code, that's JV Club, you can use it lowercase, one word, two words, whatever you want, it'll still work. Um, I get to choose uh, which charity, uh, which animal charity they go towards. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, you also get a 10% discount in the mix. So this is a very good time of year to buy somebody who loves dogs or cats one of these books. And uh, again, this is just um, sort of something that made sense to me because I checked out what Melissa was doing and I thought it was quite wonderful. So we're just partnering together to see how it goes. But uh, I do encourage you to please check out the photographs. I promise you'll be charmed. I know we have a lot of animal lovers who listen to the podcast. Please head to melissamcdaniel.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A dash 
McDaniel. So M-C-D-A-N-I-E-L.com, MelissaMcDaniel.com. I'm sure we can put that up on Pinterest and on the Facebook account as well. But um, again, you will be very charmed by these photos. So if you see an opportunity to buy someone a gift and do the world some good and support an artist, uh, I encourage you to do so. That's it, guys. Let's head on in to uh, Beth Littleford's episode. I'm such a fan of hers, and I'm so excited that she did the podcast. Uh, And I'm also excited to talk to you guys soon. So there. Now entering Nerdist.com. Um, so it's happening. it's happening. It's happening in real time. I don't know what that means. It's very exciting. Um, I'm so glad that you, yeah, guys. So uh, if any of you follow both of us on Twitter, then you probably, uh, listen, I'm, what are these people just monitoring us 24 seven? No, why would you already movement? know about this? But I will say that, uh, that, um, I'm here with Beth Littleford. That goes without saying, because you've opened up the episode that says Beth Littleford, but, uh, I am a fan of Beth's. We've known each other for years, but we used yeah. to run into each other a lot more. And then we yeah. just haven't uh, recently. No. And, um, and, you reached out on Twitter I as out a because listener, I'm a which super is so fan. flattering. I'm a super fan of Betsy. the JV Club. Oh my I gosh! Am, first of all, I'm such a I'm such an old lady luddite that I was like podcasts. Let's see, are they free? Oh, how, how <laughs> what's the catch? Wait, wait, on my phone? Can I listen to it in the car? What? And then, but I figured out I got a podcast app, and I just I just binged on the JV Club, and I was and for so much, for so long I was just like it's like we're talking about high school. It's the JV Club. It's like JV cheerleaders. It's like the JV. It's it's the high school. We're talking about high school. This is how. This is why I really shouldn't be in comedy. This is why I don't. I don't get things like, "Oh, JV stands for Janet Varney." <laughs> you are not. I am the. It's a double meaning. Ding-a-ling. It's a double meaning, and there are many people who have put it together late. I was a real late comer. Totally fine. To putting it together. It's totally fine. Jim I just Club. outed myself as uh, I. I have this theory that I have a low IQ because I feel like spatial relationship stuff I'm very bad with, and like basic logic like i was telling you i had the two mortified girls on and um and so i i you know i play the mash game at the end and yes. so i was playing a double game of mash and but i used the same number for you know it was like tell me when to stop and i got and it was six and i painstakingly went through and did the process of elimination on both whereas i could have just gone oh okay so if it's the third one for this one then i can just circle the third one for this one like i don't Yes, and I think I'm good with logic, but I've just lost you. So, yes. Oh, well, there <laughs> well, you go. Here's the thing that I think, as I think we're all, we all have our areas of strength and weakness. And I think for so long, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I do well on tests. I actually tend to do very well with logic and spatial relations. But but yeah, but I'm, I'm so dumb sometimes. I'm so dumb. And it's just like, you know what? I have different strength. You know, there's some ways in which I'm pretty Absolutely. smart. I'm kind of a mathlete. Are I you? To, I used to oh, tutor so envious. math for... Um, SATs and stuff and and my sister who never achieved academically 
you know, kind of what I did used to be like, for a smart person, you are the dumbest. She's just going like, you are the dumbest. You are the dumbest. <laughs> I just feel like, gosh, that was really dingy, wasn't it? I mean, you know what? It yeah. could be ADD, Dingy is a great word, but though. But it's dingy. I feel dingy like I Vera from Alice. Is everyone out there too young to know the sitcom Alice? I remember va- Vera? I will, I'll tell you this. I... It was around, but I didn't ever watch it. it you know those. what? And I was probably seeing reruns. It's it's, yeah. it's seventies. It's hardcore seventies yeah. sitcom. With um, who was Alice? Linda something? And uh, and then Mel. It was was it Mel's diner? Was it Vic? I don't know. It's he was he. You're kept, sort of like you know I'm requisite of, one name. Yes. one one syllable. Vera guy. Flo was the Texan. Kiss my grits. And mm-hmm. Vera was the dinghy waitress, and she was very sweet and well meaning. But he kept calling her dingy. And sometimes I feel like I can be sweet and well-meaning and dingy is all get out. You know what's interesting about dingy, too, is that it's a great word. It's very gender specific. Like just for the ladies. It's just for ladies. I know. It's a bit sexist, right? It's I know. a bit anti-feminist. But and I think. And I don't like to put myself down. But if you call yourself that. I like, don't I, like I, it. Yeah. You know what? I'm such a fan of of uh, Tina Fey, Liz Lemon's uh, 30 Rock and I remember there was a moment where she looked in the mirror on the episode and she was berating herself. And she said, you stupid. And that was hard enough to watch and hear. Maybe we've all done it. But she goes, you stupid bitch. And I was like, ouch, I can't turn yeah. it off. It hurt too much. Yeah. I was sad. I was sad and mad. I was sad and mad at Tina Fey for calling herself a a stupid bitch because that just seemed, that took like the self-hatred and kind of this sort of internalized misogyny to another level. Oh, you're right though. Yeah. So any schmoo, any schmoo. It's so interesting. I just got a prescription for ADD medication because I, I, it was a while ago. I read a book called, you mean I'm not lazy, crazy or stupid written by two women who were in, in their adulthood diagnosed with ADD and realized like their tennis game couldn't improve because they couldn't focus, you know, enough. And why couldn't they, it was always, things were always sort of spilling out of their lives, you know, literally and, and sort of metaphorically. And, um, and that, and that gals don't get diagnosed with it like boys do because boys have the hyperactivity component much more often. Exactly. And, and women try to hide things from other people right, like we're that, trying to I manage. Think. We're trying to yeah. spin a million plates yeah. in the air. Yeah. And we're. And I'm certainly trying to like, you know, yeah, it's like just keep up and keep it all going. And there is a, a ton that I that I bring upon myself and just a ton that I have to handle with two kids and a you know, and working and, and whatever in a family. Um, but I, it's so interesting. I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with the ADD medication, but I thought for the podcast, I would try to take it and be sharper. Uh huh. And I can't remember whether I took it or not. <laughs> the ultimate irony, which I think means I didn't take it, I would, but I don't yes, know, but yeah, I don't know. But, but this that's meandering yeah. sort of Vera, Vic, <laughs> Alice sitcom, a conversation I just oh. had with you makes me think I did not remember to take it. I am very, I think I, I certainly have, uh, the same disposition and um i think it's one of the reasons that the podcast it meanders as it does and that it is so tangential and non sequitur and why i can't just say a sentence that is like a very clean cut sentence it's like five sentences in one but you're lucid and you keep up with everyone and they keep up with you and you follow through and get back on track and i love ladies who can do this by the way i mean these are my gals (laughs) who can sort of take these loopy trails with me yeah yeah well that's because yeah i think if the willingness you know what it's interesting that you would just say that here we go here we go here we go off on a tangent but very related it's interesting that you would say that because i would now i'm feeling like i would liken 
my career or my the idea of being flexible with where your life takes you the same way that the microcosm of that is conversation which is like you don't know what you might miss if you're not willing to kind of derail derail and take the take the off-road yeah off-road a little bit i love that and i i love that because i think i i've struggled with what i should be doing and where I should be and what's next. And what your ambition should be and yeah. like how and, much and you should stick to each. A lot of the shoulds, yeah. like shooting on my, you know, I say don't shoot on yourself, which that's I like good, that That's phrase. a really good one. So, and, and, and instead of trying to, yeah, you know, if you're living in the future, if you're living in the past, you're pissing on today. I know I'm coming up with kind of the annoying, the annoying little aphorisms here, but um, I'm trying to, yes, that it will be taken care of, that I will end up where I need to be. So I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And so it's conversationally and in the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I, like, I like that. I, that's where I have to live right now because life's crazy. Life is crazy. Life's a little cray. It's a little bit. And you got to embrace it's a lot it. Cray. You got to yeah. kind of love it. You got to like work on, you know, work on all the things, you know, the gratitude for the things that are great. Yeah. And the role with it for the things that are tough. You know, and I mean, what I love about your podcast is listening to that everybody's had their struggles. Like everybody's had, nobody's had an easy road. I think when I was in high school, I was like, why do these gals all seem really like the gals that I think I was kind of supposed to be and supposed to hang out with sort of groomed, maybe a pretender to that throne a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I could have perhaps been. I know that I was trying to be mm-hmm. a cheerleader on court, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And wasn't and didn't quite and didn't make it. Yeah. You know, and was ended up being a bit of a freak. Um, and I would look at them and I'd be like, how do they do it? Are, are they cream puffs? Because I feel like I'm filled with a dark goo. <laughs> did you feel like that? I mean, not to just jump right into it, but well, first of all, where 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 did this take place? I sometimes I love it. that I have heard various podcasts recently, and I've been listening to yours and Morgan Walsh's Mo, Mo Gaffney and Morgan Walsh have one where I've heard people refer to Central Florida as just it is kind of a suburban Orlando. It's a punchline in and of itself. Yeah, Florida gets the shaft, and I think des- it deserves to get the shaft. Frankly, <laughs> it is a bit of a freak show. But I I grew up, so it wasn't just like Florida where a lot of weird shit's going down. A lot of people are pouring in from all over because they got kicked out of their own state or whatever. Right. But there's also some (laughs) old Southern, really conservative. So our town, um, Winter Park, was in the preppy handbook. And there was a lot of of old South to it, Hmm. um, which is not my bag. It's not my bag at all. It's kind of my sister's bag. Yeah, my I mean, if you had more said, like, I was, I, was from, I was born and raised in New York City, I would be like, Well, when okay. I went to New York City, I was like, at, at 20, 21, I was like, my people. Yeah. My people. And you know what? And I had to get super toughened up. I mean, I was really just completely taken advantage of for years <laughs> and had to really, like, just, I put myself through the ringer of New York City as a sort of, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to toughen up. Like, Every yeah. day is an adventure. Every day is a lesson, but there was something about also the freedom of letting your freak flag fly, mm-hmm. of just it's this big roiling city where in no way am I going to be looked at side, you know, askance, looked askance at for, for anything I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I am the sanest person in the city, <laughs> for God's sakes. Whereas I feel like in my tiny town of Winter Park, I was I was a bit of a freak. Um, and this is you and your sister. My sister is, um, 
so you well, if we're going to back up and, and give you the, the landscape of my family, do you want the landscape? Why of not? My yeah, because because where I was going was I was going to ask you about. The landscape, the dark goo inside of you, and whether you felt the the dark goo was there before some events that we're going to get into in a little bit, or whether you uh, that transformed you. From and again, what I was talking about was the girls on your podcast. Like, is it? Do we all go into comedy? Does everyone scratch the surface of comedy and there's some tragedy? You know, do we all then end up? Is that why the girls on your podcast have all sort of talked in some way mm-hmm. about something that's, that's they've struggled with? Or mm-hmm. there's, you know, nobody's had the picket fence life, really. I mean, but I, don't I think, but does. too, you know, even the people that aren't in comedy, like I've talked to some more serious actresses and also some writers and people like that who, you know, aren't necessarily medicating what they go through in a positive way with comedy. You yeah. know, I'm not saying yeah. it's like a crutch, but sometimes it can be, but you know, right. I think, I think it is. I think it's so universal that it, like everybody's struggling at some, yeah. certainly adolescence is a struggle. Certainly childhood is tough in a lot of different ways with a lot of different people. I feel like I remember we had a German au pair, not, you know, she's brief, briefly for a summer mm-hmm. uh, that later, said to me my mom and I went to Germany when I was in my young 20s and I remember saying to her like oh I just felt like my my older sister Ruth gosh you know everyone just sort of bonded with her more and I don't know that you know you you and she, you loved her so much and you guys had such a connection and she goes well she was so cute and you were so morose as a child <laughs> So even I, back then I, I, I was like maybe I'm built maybe I maybe I had the sad goo more than others. Mm-hmm. I know I'm sensitive. I know I'm super sensitive. And Are I know- both, were both your parents, were they together? And were either you know, of your parents exhibiting anything like that? Like uh, sort of you know, pensive? I think there was some, I think my dad had, I think he had some heavy mood swings. It's like, you know, I, yeah, my dad was really, he would go dark. He would go light. He could be huge and magnanimous. And then he could go really, he could go really angry. He could get very removed. I worshiped him and had a very close relationship with him. Um, and was sort of a daddy's girl, but that afforded me not much because he was gone so much. And it also created a lot of friction between my mom. And Where I. was he? Where was he? He was a doctor. So he mm-hmm. was, uh, he was a doctor. He was a workaholic. He wasn't an alcoholic, but there was enough isms that I feel like I mm. I dated. I love me some alcoholics from the day I started looking at men. Like, I love those bad boys. I don't know if they did something for me. I could just spot cross those greasy bad news motherfuckers. I just I will spot them across the room. And you know I'm like a teetotal. I don't even drink. You know. Yeah. I am such a straight gal. I mean, I drink, you know, a glass, I get a glass of wine, I have a headache. I'm yeah. Like, no. So, but I, so what happened is that my parents, there's a lot of sort of confusing messages. I feel like my mom is such a loving gal who, who was, who just, I don't know, she didn't have great stuff given to her growing up. And I don't think it was, a, it wasn't a great marriage for her. I mean, he kind of abandoned her in, in the marriage and then literally, and then we were sort of born again. Like there was this incredible, they were both children of, priests, pastors, whatever. Very Christian. So very born again. And mm. that coming with the hellfire and damnation, a lot of shame and stuff. So there was that. That's heavy. And yeah. then there was, it was heavy. And there was this whole thing where, you know, uh, and a lot of that sort of spare the rod, spoil the child, you know, the belt whippets and stuff, the punishment that was kind of intense. And then a lot, a lot of sort of creepiness around that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that I think I had some sadness and some darkness. Um, and I think I probably adopted some of my dad's, uh, got some of my dad's biochemistry. But... Um, and then he he left the family, had an affair with uh, a gal who babysat for us. Yeah. 
And so, and that just turned everything upside down. Mm. So upside down. Yeah. So just chaos, chaos, chaos. And then, um, and then, then the cherry on top of that kind of chaotic cake was that, um, you know, he was doing sort of the divorce dad trips with us where, you know, he'd take me to New York. And you were the middle child. I was the middle Older child. sister, younger brother. Older sister, younger brother. Yeah. And, um, and we were coming, it's the interesting thing too about, like I say, we're, it was this wealthy town, but we were then coming into money because we started off kind of broke. He's like coming out of med school broke. Sure. And then we we're sort of, and then he had like a, a business partner, like abscond or something. So then we were coming into, so he was coming into sort of midlife crisis, nouveau riche. I'm going to buy a, a nice car and get myself a nice condo and take you guys on these trips. And one of the trips is he took my little brother who had just turned 12 to Alaska on a hunting and fishing trip. And they went out in a pontoon plane with a guy and a pilot that, ended up sinking in the bay and sort of getting pulled out by the tide. And then my dad and brother didn't make it back. So we're missing, basically. So it's a very, I mean, I had the dark goo before, but it was extra gooey and dark after that. It was very. And that that happened when you were 16? I just turned 16. Didn't have a good relationship with my mom. Didn't have a great relationship with my sis. Everyone was acting. Everyone was dealing with it in 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 the way, the best way they could. I am grateful now that I had two, each year, my junior and my senior year, I had two best friends. The senior, one of them junior year, proved a little bit fair weather. Sometimes I can pick the fair weather gals. But I had a steady best friend, and I, I had two really loving best friends. Um, yeah, pretty much my junior and senior year. I, I would just spend the night at their house. They're... they're mm families reluctantly because i was smoking cigs at that point and wearing only men's clothes like just like my so dad's you, yeah, clothes you and like, like found the, items you on were the a lost lamb and not necessarily I was a the kind lost that lamb the and not the best were, right because yeah. i had already at some point i had been oh i had kind of run away from home and told my dad like you have to let me live with you so i had kind of had this real independent like he just kind of gave me a car and some money and then i was on the loot like so thank god i never really found my way into drugs and alcohol because this would be the time right. i had someone take me aside after the a teacher take me aside after the memorial service and say you're going to want want to you know numb your feelings with drugs or alcohol so and it's like no alcoholics yes <laughs> like the boys i became sort of boy crazy and caught up in sort of those dramatic interesting things. well that yeah. makes sense too yeah that's actually that does really make sense because i mean it's just interesting to see how people manifest like yeah their their sense of loss or whatever there's something about the idea of the relationship that you had with your dad and the relationship that you lost with your dad that you would want to yeah, medicate with human beings sure. instead of medicating some with of the substances. stuff that I had with my dad. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a little bit, you know, psychoanalysis 101. Um, you know, not to simplify it too much, but it certainly is. I mean, you know, a lot of it is about sort of recreating and, and hoping that, it, you know, ends more happily mm-hmm. um you know so this you know and this, so this whole thing it, what i what i like and i guess if you have young listeners out there the message is not like oh my god i've had a lot of tragedy i mean the message is like this makes me who i am mm-hmm. i like who i am other people i know who've had tragedy have a a depth of you know of course everyone has but i mean i'm i'm i feel like it gives people a depth of feeling and potentially real connection empathy that um 
you know, that I'm really drawn to. Absolutely. Um, and it, you know, that you, you can be a better partner, a better parent, a better friend. You're certainly not. I think the, I think life becomes then bigger and deeper than like what you know what club should we go to tonight? Which is yeah. you know of course. Did you? I mean, did you have that sort of that that uh, rightfully so? I guess cliche cliche not being a great word for for something that just seems like it would be a universal experience where you had because I know like for example Stephanie Escajeda uh, has done the podcast and her older brother uh, died of AIDS when she was in high school and just uh, you know the same that same idea of like being that very specific age where you know it's kind of supposed to be okay for your world for you to be as solipsistic as you ever will be in your life like as a child there's something about teenagerhood that just makes you so introspective and so self-obsessed and so staring at the mirror you're not and all of that you know you're not supposed to be a parent you're not supposed to be taking care of anybody but you're supposed to be getting through this crazy fucking time exactly and your hormones are going crazy and all that kind of stuff so this idea of like being given this huge ball and of I like, was like guess what no, life is you. bigger than this yeah and I, at that point I was like no thank you very much yeah. people would come to me and you know people who were you know had had uh people would come to me with their feelings and these are people who knew my dad and brother you know who are friends of the families and want to cry and I would be like uh, sorry I got a I got a, a dance at the high school that I need to get to you know yeah. and, and then I was dancing at that dance at the high school and I remember the principal pulling me off the dance floor and I thought oh it's because I'm dancing too suggestively or too crazily in your men's um, clothes in my men's clothes <laughs> I wore I went to a this is how pre, this is how preppy this town was in junior high I was invited to an exclusive cotillion um where I wore a velvet pantsuit um and I was the Marvelous. only one only gal in pants and that caused a little ripple of scandal and then they played <laughs> they played the b-52s rock lobster and I got down on the ground and did the I don't know what's it called, but you know where you where you gyrate the yeah like a seizure it where you have a seizure. But there's but a, I can't that, what, what is it called? The, what is it called? The gator. It's called some animal. I didn't take my ADD medication. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I gyrated with the boys. Okay, yeah. I was kicked out. Ripples of scandal. I was kicked out. And you they were weren't. kicked out. I was kicked out of the cotillion, and they weren't. Oh the pants my. thing was tipping it, and then on the ground, yeah, gyrating, jiggling was too much. How do so, they approach getting rid of you? I think it's just like, you know, you, you, you they were can't, just like, you can't do that easy, and yeah. you just, you, we'll call your mom. I think it was like, we'll call your mom. I can barely remember. I was 14, I guess. 13, because it's 13, such a 14. specific, I mean, it really is like a movie, like a, like some sort of I know. Movie these, are the week. Such, like, these are all such, these are all such stories no, that need like, to like make it into, I got to oh, write a sure. book. Oh, for sure. These, oh, are, these are tales that I tell. And one of the tales is the one I was starting with, was the, the principal pulled me off the dance floor and I thought I was going to get scolded, shamed, whatever. And he said, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I was literally like, why are you dancing to, am I dancing to? I had a couple of these instances yeah. where the boy I had a crush on, like, he said, no, I want to make sure you're okay. with." The, and I was like, yeah, yeah, let me get back to the dance. And I remember the boy I had a crush on and the crush became slightly obsessive. He had been my boyfriend in junior high. I had cheated on him because I was a numbskull and I thought that somehow protected me against getting my heart broken. Well, the, and listen, broke, we, the full grown adults still doing yeah. that. And Every it broke moment. his heart and he was like, absolutely not. He was like a strong jawed Southern man. <laughs> I can get my boat and truck. And he was just like, absolutely not. And then kind of, kind of then when it's over and then I'm sort of, then again, back junior year, I just was hungry. I was just needy and hungry. And I would sort of chase him around town. And he had a pretty younger girlfriend at that point. And at some point he kind of pulled me aside at a keg or so. I don't know what. And he said, I want to talk to you. And I was like, I know you're going to, 
I know. You're with Kathy, and she's really pretty, and her see-through oh. braces look really great, and I know you want me to, like, stop. I'm sorry. And, you know, I wasn't stalking, but I clearly was still hungering for him, and he was like, no, I was just going to say that I think they're alive, and I was like, who? And he was like, your dad and brother, and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I just have a feeling, like, that maybe they got picked up by the Russians or something. Maybe there's, like, a Whoa. Russian tanker. He wasn't that bright. But I sort of pictured it, like maybe could they have been picked up by right. a Russian tanker? They'd like the Bering Straits, uh-huh. <laughs> way up there in those waters. It's crazy. It was and absolutely crazy. But him crazy. wanting to like he be wanted able to, to comfort you. He's a sweet guy. He's a bit of a dumb dumb. He's a sweet guy, and he wanted to comfort me. And it was so interesting. These, these misunderstandings. I was so checked out yeah. of this tragedy that was, you know, around me like a marquee. I mean, it was <sighs> a small town, and it was all anybody could see. Uh, about us and our family and my mom really was wearing it like a you know like an outfit and a cloak and sort of in, in people who would um turn their back on her when my dad left her were now coming back and sort of paying homage and all that and she was really why would they turn their back on her when your dad did the doing it was in a very social awkwardness and in a very christian community divorcees not that she's like, you know, I say divorcee and it's, you know, you think of someone smoking a cigarette in a Halston dress. Yeah. No, my mom was like, she's just like the sweetest lady, you yeah. know. I mean, she wasn't sweet to me growing up. We had a hard time growing up, but she's a real sweet, you know, my husband said, my husband who's, you know, skeptical about church ladies, says she's a, you know, as most of us are, I am too, but she's a Christian in the best sense of the word. I mean, she's a, she was like, you know, she was early on with like going to, yeah, see, you know, see AIDS patients in hospital. And we just mm-hmm. spoke this, so it's on my mind. But, you know, she was doing freedom rides in the 60s. I mean, she's a she's a good loving gal who I think was kind of like a plant that got no water in that marriage mm-hmm. and sort of like just withered and wasn't able to be much of a mom for me then. But and then, you know, but but our tragedy, quote unquote, she was very big on our tragedy. I was very big on checking out and like, don't remember I don't mark it as a as a date. You know how some people mark mm-hmm. the date, and you still you to this day you don't. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. And I have to say, I'm still dealing with some some feelings and post traumatic stressy stuff around both what was going on in my family growing up and also that loss. Um, so you know, I did check out for a long time, but now many, many, many years later, and as a mom. I think it brings stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I think having a son, then he hits a certain age. That's oh god, close of course. To, you know, there's a there's a, a sort of an echo of my brother. Yeah, and then now that I have a girl, a baby girl, I have a 20 month old girl. How old is your son? My son's eight. Yeah. Um, How old was your brother? My brother just turned uh, uh, 12. But there was a way in which I felt. I start as the family was kind of falling apart and stuff. I really started to feel like I mothered him when he when he was you know six you know around you know when my son was hitting these ages. There was there was a sort of a hologram thing happening with my uh, I think a little bit a little bit which yeah. is kind of that sort of grief and love that how that's the yeah you know that's all a piece of a piece yeah um so anyways and then how kids and you know but people can break your heart open with love and then you know so and that's how I feel about about my kids so uh, what do I want to say God where was I so anyways but the, I would I went into heavy denial and I think as a sixteen year old good for me absolutely I good mean, for me and i found families that took me in yeah that I, that's to you know into my adulthood like 
appreciated and loved me even if I seemed like a little bit of the bad seed like tearing up smoking a cigarette in my like jeep with the music blaring and yeah and wearing clothes that I've literally pulled out of the sand on the beach or that were my dad's <laughs> that I sort of like flash danced and cut open and like you know whatever yeah. and you what know, music would you just and, uh, total side note to set the tone too I what know, music would it be that you were like cranking it, in the jeep you were yeah I know you've talked about music with some of your gal. Guests. I'm always interesting. Yeah, it's I'm always. I mean, interesting. I'm, always inter- I'm always interesting. I just said I, that's not the truth. Yeah, I was not. People like people would ask my older sister, like, "Can your sister get us pot?" I didn't. Uh, at some point, I never was a real pot. I'm too neurotic to smoke pot. I did. I tried to make myself drink. I tried to make. I tried to smoke pot. I would hang out with sort of pothead types and and countercultural types. This was before grunge, but I was definitely hanging in a little bit of a grunge scene. Mm-hmm. So I was I was definitely listening to some hippie music. I was listening to some, you know, there's a sort of talking heads yep. and that was That's when what Stop was Making Sense came out, you know, and you... Elvis Costello and that kind of stuff. But you know the music that I love to this day that gets my endorphins going and that I will break out right now and dance on your in your uh, room here. I will dance to old school funk. Oh, it was my sure. junior. I went to Haplock Junior High, and it was so. It's just like you know, you dropped a bomb on me. Now that's too. That's overplayed. A little. There's a little other. Let's you right. know <laughs> some other Gap bands. You burn rubber on me. Is 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 a favorite. It's less okay. played. But I that that's you know. But whatever I was blaring, my sister was a little more into like the the. the mm-hmm. cure. The, mm-hmm. like Husker do. Like she was mm-hmm. a little more into those eighties, punkety punks. Uh, bands and a little more new wave and uh, she also had her before that sort of junior high you know we're, we're blaring acdc i remember that there was like a church gathering at our house and ruth put on pet benatars my sister just put on pet benatars hell is for children and put the needle down a little record player in her room and blared it out so <laughs> the church gathering could hear hell is for children um you know, and now this is so this, but this is your this is your sister that you felt like got a little bit more of a, she was, along with your mom and yeah, stuff. Yeah, she got a little bit along so. with my mom, but she was uh she was more she was more of the partier and a little bit more of the bad seed in a way than I was, but she also fit in more than I did. So she did make cord. And this is with actually a lot of stuff against her too, because she she never had a growth spurt, so she's super short. She's like four eight. She's just she's you know, she's kind of a chubby gal you know she she you know kind of got the shaft with like struggling in school with dyslexia and you know like jacked up teeth and so she definitely was like so but she was so popular she just was such a popular gal she just has millions of friends Hmm. so she was out there um you know, so she like this on senior whatever senior games day, and you know they're all on team called Ahab's Doobage because there's a line <laughs> oh, no. in because I did I hear you talk about you just watched Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club. There's a line in Breakfast Club. I I wouldn't I didn't remember it then. I was like, why are they calling themselves Ahab's Doobage? It's because Judd Nelson says to Michael Anthony, what's his face? Oh, Anthony Biggie, Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, says, hey Ahab, where's my doobage? Because he put the pot down his pants. He's hey, where's my doobage? So they call themselves Ahab's doobage. So Ruth was cooler than I was. She was more popular than I was. So she did make court. And in a way, it was like she was she was one of the people. She yeah. wasn't tall and gorgeous, which the rest of this sort of, it was a giant high school. So you had to look like you, Janet Varney, mm. to be to be on, on the homecoming court. Um, which, I, as you know, I had nothing to do with and was you, not a part of it had, in any you, way. You like, crazy, like, you know, with just your single dad and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But in this town, it was all about 
kind of living that life. And so I found my way into sort of grungy, grungy crowds and people who, you know, some of them had graduated high school. I don't one guy wasn't even in high school. He was bad news, but I don't know, dropped out, whatever. But um, but I still had my my solid two keeping me on the straight and narrow in terms of just you know again it wasn't drugs and alcohol but I just I could have derailed I think just emotionally yeah more than I you know I got into a good college I struggled there but I found a best friend there I mean I've been lucky uh with um because I remember hearing you speak about this um with having like one friend like having a person I bring that up a lot because I'm really interested in that in that I feel like I've been lucky like I've been there's been a lot of loss I was I was looking for love in all the wrong places for decades when I was younger with dudes. I was a mess. But, but I feel like yeah. I have mm. I've, I've had a few girlfriends who've seen me through so much. And to this day I write the best friend from high school sometimes and say, "Hey, thanks for thanks for being there for me." Oh, I love <laughs> I that you're still choked, yeah, checking in with choked it up and, about it. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other oh, one I kept huge. in more touch with, we can you know, we cannot speak for years. And then we, we saw each other right before I, we adopted our baby girl. And, and I just wanted a chance to, I don't know, I, we, hadn't been, we hadn't talked in years. And we met each other in Santa Fe and just spent 24 hours there and talked nonstop. We just talked nonstop. It was just, it's really nice to know because I think when you, you know, if you're not getting needs met in a lot of other places and there's this sense of like, sure. there's stuff wrong with me. Yeah. There's stuff wrong with me. Yeah. I haven't really been reflected back to myself by my parents in a way that we all... <laughs> Yeah. You know, we're all trying to do for our kids now, perhaps too much. Yeah. Oh, look at you. You're drawing. Yeah. You know, perhaps it's a little, people Let are swinging me help a little. You define who yeah, you yeah. are. People and I want you to know I see over, you. Know, we were all raised by wolves. And now yeah. we're all like reflecting yeah. our children back. I see back you. I'm right here. I'm right here. I, I see you. I see you jumping. Yeah. Aren't you jumping? Yeah. Um, but anyways, but, but one of these friends was so smart that she said to me at 16, she said, you just, you just need to be reflected back to yourself. Kind of meaning in well, a that's loving what, way. Yeah, I, I, that's what I, that I just like clamped down on for a second uh, mentally when you, when you were saying that about the idea of kind of looking for love in the wrong places and the relationship that you had or didn't have with with your parents. And um, I've talked about this, I'm sure, before, but I, but I, that feeling that, and part of why I love the podcast and why I get so much from getting notes from you guys is that that we are these social creatures who ultimately. Um, even more so than f- being seen, I think there's this this yearning to feel known. To feel known. And so if you're God, looking right, to feel women. known by a man and you're picking the wrong ones oh, and yeah. your family isn't really, right. you don't feel a big integral part of your family in a way that right. you feel understood, right. then having that friendship with yeah. a girl who literally you feel, feel like, she's, oh, I'm, I'm known, I'm recognized, I'm, I'm a good known. person, I'm lovable, I'm yeah. recognized and known and loved for all of me. Yeah. Because I think the other thing about whether it was the born again or this very conservative town or just again not being not the, the not the best parenting <laughs> that we could have hoped for is that you just feel like okay there's there's some like dark parts that's not they're not okay and i feel like the work even i'm doing now and it is and it is it's easier to do yeah feeling known by friends feeling known but you know i have a a husband that i've been married to for many years and although we still can struggle you know i am known and loved by him and um and then also that whole thing of like okay like embrace the shadow self too like we all you know 
you know, bring it in, bring in the shadow, mm-hmm. you know, bring in the, it's it, that, that whole idea, which was very Southern. It was very female. It was very Christian of you are supposed to be a hundred percent pure of heart and mind. Mm. You are supposed to be, you know, pleasing to all. You are supposed to fit, you know, you are supposed, you know, it's, it, it's, it's tough. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And so I thought there was something wrong. Ugh. did you keep a journal? Did you I like, wish that you, I had, I think that would have helped. You do? Yeah, yeah. I guess it Yeah, I mean... Right, you journaled, right? I did. And I will I say, say it did help. I think it helped. I mean, I think there are there are times when, you know, as I got older... Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was with the Mortified Girls. I was looking more at journals from like when I was really... I just have still these out because I, I just um, I recorded them uh, not too long your ago too. These are, these are old. Like these are really... I mean, some of them are more... Like these are the... These are like 10 years old or... Um, and then I think at some point in here, I start getting into like the 14 years old. So you see in the oh, same journal, the really handwriting. Bubbling. I see well, the this I think is the young handwriting actually. Oh, younger than. 80, so 88. So this is when I was 12, but then this is when I was a teenager. So oh, this is like, oh, completely. I do drugs and stuff. Oh, the handwriting changed completely. Completely 100%. changed. They wouldn't completely think it's the same changed. person. Um, and I do think that it, it really helped a lot, but I also feel like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it might have, you know, in the in the way that like a journal can be your friend and can be somewhat be the place you go to tell your secrets and can reflect you back to yourself. Yeah. And by the way, I wish I did more writing now just to like dump, I dump do the too. garbage. Let's just like I occasionally we'll just like try to like scribble some worries down. You know, that whole thing of like if you wake up in the middle of the night, like just mm-hmm. scribble the worries down, you know, put them in a box. Yeah. Get it off your chest. Let somebody else take care. You know, yeah, those are pretty let, good. Exercises. Let the universe take care of it. Well, Yeah. I was just going to say, I think because you, it sounds like you and I, even just before, before talking on the podcast that we both have that kind of, that like, it makes sense to me that you wouldn't, for another reason, that you wouldn't necessarily be into um, numbing and stuff like that. Because if you have the kind of control Yeah, the vigilant, like wanting to feel like I've controlled this and it's going to be, and I'm, I can manage this and I can yes. do all this on my own or right. whatever I that shroom. is. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What? No, yeah. I can't I gotta trip, really... for God's sakes. Yeah, which I, would... I definitely did, but now, I guess just because it doesn't feel that good to be out of control because I knew what it was like to feel high yeah. when I wasn't high, but so it's yeah. very specific. But um, but the same thing with like worrying and stuff is like, how do you learn to give it over and know that like yeah. just because you're worrying about something doesn't mean that Right, you're There's not a keeping the plane in the air. Not, you're not yeah. keeping the plane in the air by gripping the armrest. Right. Exactly. Right. And um yeah, and it's and it's because, you know, so it's these kind of things where like, oh, okay, so these survival tactics that we had growing up are no longer that useful. Or they're getting yeah. in the way of your enjoying life or letting yeah. go or not bugging the hell out of your husband or whatever it is by yeah. your like micromanaging or you yeah. know, whatever. So these are things I try to work on, you know, yeah, letting go with my kids, you know, sitting on my hands, not being that helicopter parent. I'm frankly oh, too distractible. Yeah. The ADD just doesn't it's doing you it a weird favor. Out. The, the, the anxiety and the worry is balanced out by this sort of like, whoops, what? I was you know, super like, anxious about that until something else happened. I saw a flashing uh, movement over in the corner of my eye. <laughs> so now my child's falling off the wall and getting up. They're okay. They're fine. Good. All right. Hi, everyone. Oh, Mommy's here. No. Yeah. So, yeah. So it actually balances out. Well, this is like a super gross way of just asking this question. But, like, where did Tell you, me. 
when like because you're funny and because you're because you're certainly known uh for that amongst other things when did you kind of exhibit that like did you try to crack your family up or is your family funny you know where did my you not funny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, my i guess i can't say funny. i'm surprised based on what you just said but my sister's uh my dad laughed when he was up when he was in a good mood he was a very boisterous laugher and it's the laugh i have now which is ah, ah. <laughs> it's this inhale laugh which yeah people sometimes people like to do and on my little show i'm on now they make me do it a lot uh-huh. people think it's fake but when i'm really when i've lost my mind i'm on a plane watching a movie with headsets on right people next to me aren't in headsets and i go ah. <laughs> and they think Look i need my- the hot they think oh. jumping towards me to- my husband's like it's just how she laughs it said no it's how she's Back away. It's how she laughs. She's fine. That's amazing. So I do have, so I think my dad could appreciate humor, but I think it's that whole thing of like, who's, who's going to be the, you know, this is the middle child. Who's going to lighten it up. Who's going to be the clown. Um, definitely trying to make my mom and sister laugh. God, it meant so much to me. Make them laugh after mm. my dad and brother died. Mm. Um, it meant so much to me. I started doing impersonations of society ladies. Oh, I started their little <laughs> accents. This the real southern ones. I'd start doing it, you know, Judy with and that buffet. Which you know, I'd start, and there was one. I can't even do them now, but I would do the most ridiculously lame imitations. I would say nothing funny, or I would do the same thing over and over again, and they would just be wetting their pants. Uh-huh. And that was the most grat. As anyone in comedy knows. You, the drug you crave mm-hmm. is the laughter of others. Yeah. And that is the high and you ride it like you're surfing and it's fantastic and delicious. So I did that. And the other piece that's interesting is that, you know, how I kept trying to like be on court and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept trying to like be nice to everyone, have everyone like me and look really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just not, I'm just too lazy and too messy and too, perhaps too ADD to, to, to pull it together. But I did in junior high there was these things called superlatives and my one steady eddie best friend got best all around which i would have loved um there's cutest there's best all around there's you know most talented smartest you know i would have loved any of these i got wittiest and oh, i was that's like, pretty great i didn't know i was witty <laughs> I'm actually much of a wit. I'm more of a goofball. <laughs> That's know, I, don't I think get... the people who described it weren't thinking about Oscar they Wilde. Weren't, they weren't thinking about Oscar Wilde. And frankly, at that point, it was just that I was enough of a freak. I was just, uh-huh. I was just, I was just a, enough of a goofy freak already. Yeah. The family hadn't completely fallen apart yet. It was on its way, no. but it hadn't completely fallen apart. The shit hadn't oh, totally hit the God. fan in terms of like family tragedy. But I think it's because I was, I was a bit of a freak and, and would. And would whore myself out for a laugh. I would. I would. Mm-hmm. I would be a goofball. I would try, Would do whatever. But did you do theater or anything like and that? And I did do theater on and off. Yeah. Absolutely. I did theater on and off. I wasn't a complete theater geek, but yes, I did. On and off throughout, you know, through my younger years and sort of children's theater and junior high and high in community theater and, and high school, a little bit of high school plays, a little bit at the college I went to, which wasn't a, it was very much of a non-art school. It was a very academic school. And then I left that after three years and went to New York. Um, just sort of for a summer to take to, through NYU to take acting at Strasbourg. And then I never left for 12 years. So I, yeah. I basically finished a degree in New York and then, you know, started that thing where I was like just an unknown actor for years. And I, 
I had a friend who called me Beth the actress and I'd say, no, I'm not. Don't tell people that because I'm not an actress and I'm not, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. Forget it. And so he'd call me Beth the former actress and then I'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'm like, I'm in this uh, touring <sighs> company of this improv company. And so, so I was Beth the former, former actress. So I kept, you know, they kept, it's, it's like always, it's like just when you try to, they keep pulling you back in. So for years I told in obscurity in New York as an actress and then found my way because acting class is boring. Oh my God. It's horrible. It goes till midnight and everything's <laughs> just, you know, it's just, it's just masturbating with their comments and it's, oh, it's so boring. <laughs> but then theater games are really fun. So then I found my way into um, improv for actors and like Viola Spolin in theater games. And I was like, well, I this is d- delicious and delightful. Yeah. This acting class shit is ridiculously, <laughs> but yeah, I want to shoot myself in the ear but i this improv wow theater games and at that point there was no pressure it was improv for actors and theater games it wasn't mm-hmm. like comedian no it wasn't yeah. it wasn't friggin whose line yeah you know step up and be funny or be you know be in the you know the firing right. squad um uh so so i found my way into improv that way and then i at that point at that point it was pre like ucb and all that there was really no the only paying gig in town was this kind of goofy up east side um improv theater called Chicago City Limits. And where some very funny people came out of, oh, Eddie Pepitone. Does anyone know Eddie oh, Pepitone out there? Eddie. Sure. He and I were in the company together. That's great. Eddie Pepitone, um, Paul Shear came, Paul Shear used to do lights for us. He came out of that. And then there's a big manager called David Miner who used to do Oh, sure. I know David Miner. Yeah, yeah right? Definitely. He's a big, he's like a executive producer on Third Yeah. Right. So a lot of people came out of that because at that point it was the only thing there. Um, and I just, I, I was honing. I was honing my comedy. I was honing, honing, honing. And it's a craft that I love and that I feel like I'm it's it's what I'm meant to do mm-hmm. and I love to do it and I spent many years trying to make myself into something I wasn't in terms of like the kind of comedy I do because hmm. the kind of comedy I like to do is the real goofy stuff mm-hmm. and not the rip you a new asshole stuff that I was doing on the daily show for four years yeah yeah that kind of gave me stomach pains and and and, and I had trouble sleeping I super <laughs> I super understand that I early really days, understand it was really that. harsh it was super harsh no one knew what we were and it was like you go out and interview David Duke and you ask him questions that that otherwise might get you shot you know yeah. well, might get you shot yeah you know and 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 then you try to get out of town like it was hard I very very David much Duke deserved it yeah. and a couple people deserved it David Cassidy deserved it but then some people didn't deserve it and yeah it made me feel I, I completely completely relate to that I feel the same way I think that I like to sort of pretend that I have that sort of edginess to me, which I guess I can, but it's like, it really has to exist for a very specific reason. And I have to be really personally attached to it. I don't want to just turn that on for a job. Like ultimately I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I'm bad at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not funny. And I offend people. Pranky and that's all kind of Yeah, no, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not like the dark edgy comedy gal. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm kind of old school. I mean, I'm kind of like was born at the wrong age in the wrong age but what I'm doing now I really love doing I really love doing is big gold goofy stuff and um so anyways I feel like I found I feel very blessed to have found my way into this and and you know certainly struggled and whatever but whatever you know there's something about bootstrapping it you know Mm -hmm. you just keep on chugging yeah I agree and I'm glad I have I want to go back to the boy thing just for a second because oh God, I do I because I am interested in about the boy thing. I'm, well, yeah, I just I God, I'm boys. interested in this because because you as the kind of the crack up and stuff. Like I will say that where we differ, I think in that way is that I 
whether or not I ended up dating them, I wasn't necessarily dating like the hilarious guys, but yeah. I, um, but even like the guys that I dated weren't, you know, they weren't bad boys really. But, um, but I just, the, 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 the drug that you described the drug um, of boys yeah. of, of, of bad of boys. boys and then also the drug of you making your mom and your sister laugh or the feeling yeah. of getting a laugh yeah. to me they i mean because i have i think probably such a funny dad and like oh, whatever yeah. my dark stuff is from like you know having this great relationship with my dad growing up and feeling like well this is all i had a great relationship with my dad so these are all the things that i need to have like a relationship with a man that feels great yeah. um uh for me laughing was a huge part of it so yeah. i guess i'm wondering because you had these two kind of like diametrically opposed drugs that were feeding into you did right. you ever cross over and like you know Date fall a for man? a really funny guy who maybe wasn't great for you but like really made you laugh or were those I kind mean, of separate they were separate and were I you trying to, to make them laugh or were you a different girl with about them? there was something from a very early age about like when I was in junior high, I I sort of agreed to go out with this like dude who had a punk. I got this most horrible punk haircut. Oh, I wish I had a picture of that that you could put up on your website. My Me horrible too. like, it was it was it was it was really a mullet. Mm-hmm. It was short on top and long in the back, but it was really buzzed and it went down to a point in the middle of my forehead. Oh my! Like I was Eddie Munster. It was <laughs> horrible. And then we had, there was a leftover perm, so the mullet long part, the party in the oh, back, wow. the business in the front, Eddie Munster in the front, and the party in the back was somewhat permed. I had a lot of ill-advised perms. <laughs> um, and then my dad would be like, mm, don't do that again. You know, my dad was like not a very supportive guy. <laughs> so anyways, it's no, it's no, he's like, you're pretty except for your nose. You know, it's no oh wonder that I would seek out these guys who, there was something about like the, okay, so, so the punk guy in, in junior high, I thought that it was some kind of badge achievement hmm. to get a bad boy to like me. I was, I was pretty straight. And there was something just very compelling about someone who had an edge mm-hmm. of darkness around him. What I, with this poor, this poor punk dude ended up getting like, there was this other dude who I kind of fooled around with who didn't even like me. It was like a football player type guy. But punk dude thought he had to protect my honor and they were going to fight oh in my. like meat gardens, which is like a swampy area. And, <laughs> you know, and they were, and it's like, and then poor punk dude, it's like, I barely, I didn't know him. He was like, he was as vulnerable as any freaking 14 year old boy could mm-hmm. be. You know, he was a sweet guy. Um, there were some dudes who were darker that I was definitely attracted to. But what I realized is like I was just sort of picking guys thinking that – God, I don't know. Thinking that there was somehow getting some charge or some boost or some badge of honor out of the fact that they were either like had an edge, were hard partiers, were sort of – you know, slipped through my fingers. Definitely the commitment phobes. Definitely the guys who – Nobody was going to sit there and tell me that, that, you know, and rub my feet and tell me I was great. Like none yeah. of these guys. There was something yeah. incredibly compelling about. And when the guys ended up being kind of nicer and actually would maybe, I'd be like, you're not yeah. as attractive. You know, yeah. um, I really need myself, a, a, a you know, a blackout drinker oh my um, gosh. who who 
really is not into commitment. So, yeah. um, which is like one thing when you're a teenager, but then like that that yeah, starts to have that, weight, yeah, even more yeah. and more and more increasing weight to it when you're getting yeah. older and you know in your 20s or you know whatever. So it didn't. Funny men didn't didn't totally turn me on, but I'm married to, you know, I'm I'm married to a guy who has like some darkness in him, but he's also sort of uh, also a fantastic guy with like a you know, a good heart and, uh, and, and, you know, interested in, you know, re- recovery and healing and growth and all that. And, um, and he's, he's very darkly funny. I met him on the daily show. He was the supervising producer of the daily show. So he kind of orchestrated a lot of these sort of interviews I used to do. Um, and that were very harsh yeah, and edgy. And, um, and he has a very harsh edgy, you know, he comes from like a, it's funny because both my best friend and my husband are, are Irish Catholic Long Island, like working class, like, you mm. know, just, you know, where there's a lot of kids and a lot of just like kill or be killed at the dinner table in terms of like your comedy. You Somebody's making fun of you, you deflect and you mm-hmm. make fun that you're not as bad as that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but he's very clever and very funny. Um and, you know, and I try to make, he's a hard laugh, so I try to make him laugh, and it's usually with goofiness. And then, you know, he makes me laugh with his snark. Uh-huh. Um, so he's got the snark, and, you know, it's of course, it's like, of course the person I'd find is is the person with the kind of a dark sense of humor. But, um, but yeah, I was never drawn to like, oh, you know, he's, he's you know, he's kind of goofy looking, but he's so funny. Like, I wasn't drawn to that guy. I mm-hmm. really wasn't. I was, there was something compelling about the, like, the the darkness, um, which I, you know, which I just think there's a lot of reasons for it. And I think it has to do with my dad. And I mm-hmm. think it has to do with, with the sort of, you know what, and in a way that... I don't know if this was exactly true for me, but I think there's a way in which I'm scared of intimacy too. So for all this chasing I was doing, you're still picking people who aren't I'm p- available. I'm picking people who aren't available. Yeah. I mean, again, like you said, this is then therapy somebody becomes available. Yeah, and this is becomes available. Like, oh, no, I know. And so, but I mean, speaking of ADD, mean? I've got a husband with ADD. It's like, yeah, one on one, it's fine. It's there's cliches exist for a reason, and this exactly. is a cliche, exactly. Which is that we, which is that we chase. And any ladies out there, if you're chasing unavailable men, look at. You guess you don't perhaps, want a man. <laughs> Right Perhaps now. there is a a reason you're doing that, and that mm-hmm. is a resistance to. There's a fear of intimacy. Of course, I'm scared of effing intimacy. I don't know how to be intimate. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I have. I, and that's why I'm proud of myself for having had friendships, had meaningful friendships. Yeah, absolutely. That last, you know. But I did say, I did say to my very best friend from college, I was like, "Am I, am I scared of intimacy?" And she was recently because I'm just trying to look at all this stuff. Sure, I'm trying to be a better partner and a better mother and. Um, she's like, you're the most intimate person I know. And I was like, I know, but is it like, is it like I'm a flasher? Am I like right here, literally on the podcast? Am I doing like right, am I emotionally right. flashing? Right. Am I like dropping emotional bombshells and then skittering away? Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure that out. Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's true. Cause it's still almost like, um, a control thing, right? It's still almost like sure. you control, control how much, when, it's, it's true. how, you know, Jennifer, whether you put good. it out there and then you walk away and you're like, yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it. And now I'm gone. Now so I'm you gone. just deal with my intimacy. You're, could, you could be a shrink. <laughs> you do sit here I and you shrink the gals. It's good. No, these are good. These are great conversations. And there's a reason why it's because you have an incredible oh, insight. And that's a great yes. insight. That's a great insight. You're right. I have control over it. I'm just I'm gonna, I'm gonna flash my my you know body so to speak, and then I'm gonna run the fuck away. Yeah. So you have no access to it. Yeah. God, and I've just so left you with it, sitting that's gonna sit in your lap, and I leave it there. Yeah. And, yeah. 
God, that's so interesting, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. not a you're not a dull person, Bethel. So <laughs> you, I, I certainly didn't expect you to be. I knew you wouldn't be, but uh, I'm so overjoyed. Much. I hope it's not. I hope it's not getting anyone down. It's kind of no. rich. It's all kind of rich. Listen, no. If you want to get people down, you should. You. I felt myself leaning towards because I've been feeling a lot of hyper awareness about mortality. I mean, just all the stuff that you know. Um, uh, most of you, I'm sure, who are interested in the Nerds Network and who follow, you know, Chris's career. Um, uh, Beth and I are recording this, you know, the day after Chris's father passed away. I loved Chris's dad. Yeah. It's very difficult um, for me. Uh, it certainly isn't as difficult for me as it is for for members of his family, for Chris, for you know, um, Billy's partner, uh, and all of that. But you know, just as a human being with feelings. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard and stuff like this yeah. happens and it reminds all of us uh, about the fleetingness of everything and yeah. the sort of, the, that vast chasm between your brain, quote unquote, understanding that something's going to happen and then your heart going, uh, no, 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 I didn't get this. Like, I didn't get the message. I get that you thought that you were prepared or that we're all supposed to always be prepared and then something happens oh, yeah. and we're, n- and, and you still you have can't. to bridge that gap and no, all that. Um, and so I've been feeling that kind of like, I've talked about it on the podcast before, like that sort of what I now feel is like this sort of uh, flower that opens and closes depending on like how much grief I'm feeling. It's like- You're doing the, it at your heart. Yeah, it's, it just heart? feels like it's in there. Yeah. And it's like, it's sometimes, you know, if it's like in a weird way, it's like reverse sunshine darkness. If like it gets the bright light of like, tragedy shone on it it like flowers open and i feel like i there can't comes, there's not enough room right, for right, it for and this, then and de- then it kind of closes feeling. back up but it's yeah. always there and i've just been feeling that flower a lot the last few days for a number of different reasons and um and so when you started describing what happened with uh with your dad and your brother i just started to feel myself tipping over into that place which is like big feelings i go dark i go dark fast you my dark. dark my dark is like worrying about fear and pain in others and so my immediate go-to was like oh god I hope they didn't have to experience any prolonged fear because I just think fear is like the ugliest thing it just I think so that good news about hypothermia is that it goes sort of quickly and you numb out I don't know what it's worth god this is dark no it's just very dark but the bad news is that my brother goes went first so sad. I mean, oh my god, it's so sad. Why would I bring that back up? But my no, point is, so my point was, oh, shit. my no, point I was, I, us, I didn't us back want to you comedy. to think that you were being dark or that this is a dark episode because no, I, I, I really could have taken you down a really dark. Of course, Drugs you are. Me, I mean, I'm, I'm on psycho, you know, pharmaceuticals, and that helps because yeah. that, that does feel like a lot of my. But you don't running. feel nothing. You know what I'm saying? No, like people who are just disappearing into into things to not feel anything. I function yeah, well. You have and to be I able love, to function. And I'm a, like a loving parent. And I try to be a loving friend. And I try to show up yeah. for people in work. And I, you know, and, I, and that's with the, the help of the of the of the meds and a lot of support and support networks and you know uh, professionals and all that. But um, you know, I, just to just to bring it back to something a little more light is that Louis C.K. did this bit on Conan somewhat recently about smartphones and why he doesn't want to get his kid his his, his girl smartphones, and he talked about his own experience being in a car 
listening to a Bruce Springsteen song that I don't know, although Conan knew it, and that where there it, there's it's like it's it's a sort of a, a mournful song, and at some point Bruce sort of yells, like, <laughs> you know, a whale song, a mournful uh-huh. yell in the distance that he sounds far away, and Louis C.K. said he just it got him like it just was like it was this incredibly emotional. It was the what you call your the flower opening, but perhaps too much in the tipping, yeah. and. Um, you know, the tipping that we can all feel of like, sure. oh, here I go into this, yeah. into, am, am I going to get lost? Yes. Am I going to get yes. quicksanded so well into this, into this sadness? And, um, and I felt like, I feel like I spent a lot of years running from that. And I feel like I, I, I now know that it can't, I'm, I won't get lost. I'm mm-hmm. strong enough to hold. And mm-hmm. I, and, but what's interesting is that what Louis C.K. said is that his impulse then was to go to the phone and he just texted just a buttload of people which he called it the emotional jack off of the phone like the, the breed like i'm just gonna i'm gonna numb with them and i took people and then he said no pull it you know like you pull to the side of the road i'm just gonna cry i'm mm. just gonna cry because to feel that then lets me feel the other stuff absolutely the and numbing, that is the, you know so the numbing key. out the jacking off the numbing out that you know the the, the metaphorical yeah little, whatever the, whatever we're doing to numb out yeah which is we all need our little numbing right as long as it's in check. But I think we all also have to recognize that the feelings, especially in today's world, where, you know, it's Facebook and it's this and it's all very surface and bright and fast moving and, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, it's kind of like, let's get real. Let's have a real feeling. Because mm-hmm. if you have a real feeling that's painful and it doesn't sink you, I mean, I think that's the thing. We get to know ourselves better. We know it's, if we're going to yeah. sink. But, but, but if you can have it, enough so you don't tip out of your your zone right and then then you can also feel all the richness and the the love that cracks you open absolutely and the joy that cracks you absolutely open. and like how grateful i am and i think one of the reasons that i feel better when i give myself a break about like being in entertainment instead of feeling like i'm supposed to be doing something that's like extremely more like being a therapist or no, being no, a teacher you're doing or whatever what you're meant to be doing if but it feels yeah. good, you're meant to be doing it. Look well, what you're doing here to all these nice people to who listen. And then I, I, I'm gonna do. I, get ate, I ate your podcast ah, up like it, it was. It means so much to me, Beth. Like it was gummy vitamins. Yeah. It was good for but me like, and delicious. But I think that's what. Yeah, that's too why. Like especially, yeah, those the things that are silly feel like such gifts because the heavy stuff is so heavy. Yeah. So why not? You know like just completely delight at something super silly or why not be like so joyful about the fact like I get so choked up when I see live music because I just go to this place of like where I'm so glad we figured this out as humans like that we need this and that we can make this and that that's this thing that we we have to have that because Things that are hard are so hard, and so that's a really childlike they pull sense us of this wonder, way which so I, yeah. deeply. And I feel and, like it's important to cultivate that sense of awe and wonder about yeah. whatever it is. You know, sunsets, the ocean, music, dance—I don't know—a book and this, still, whatever. And, and yeah, and being go- and just super silly, goofy, just whatever, cute animals on the internet. If you need Hells, that, yeah, I get it. Go to Disneyland, be Lift you know, up, laugh. Get your endorphins going, absolutely. You know, but I do think that what I've liked about having kids is the is just that you get to re-experience the the the, the childlike sense of wonder at all these you know, wonderful things that we take for granted and that you're experiencing that with live music, which I don't really, 
I can actually. I'm not even saying yeah. And it's not even like well, that's yeah. There's it doesn't even nostalgic. It depends. It kind. It almost doesn't even depend what it is. It could be like, it could be like just you know a symphony but it could be like but that you're glorying in it yeah because that it that it that's it it rings your bell yeah and you're like damn this is delicious and it's ringing my and bell and going to a museum anything that like people have made that is so completely useless that. in the sense that like this didn't this isn't this isn't like a, a cure for an illness. This isn't a Maybe pipe that allows us to, to pipe water through so that we can drink. And I mean, to your point, yeah. But just like, you know, Alexander Calder felt compelled to yes. make circus animals and people out of wire and, and cloth just because he could. And that just makes me so do. glad. We have to do what we're called to do. Yeah. And the, yeah. You can't. Again, you can't shit on yourself. When you're doing, I mean, do you like doing this podcast? Because I, oh my it's gosh, it's like best. the most important thing in my life. <laughs> it's and pays so nothing. great, and it you're pays being nothing. called to do it. And I'm doing a job now that I really, really enjoy. I'm what's called what you, what's to do your, it? What's your show? That you're I'm on? embarrassed to say. Is it a kids show? Well, it's supposed to be for families, but it's on a kids channel. Listen, I do a cartoon, and it's like my other favorite thing in my whole world of it's, life. It's, it's it's supposed to be for families. They're trying to bring back the old eighties family yeah. sitcom. It's called Dog with a Blog. It's about um, a talking dog. You should watch it because board. there's a really cute dog on it. Totally and watch an incredibly it. Incredibly funny man who voices the dog. I will totally watch it. Dog I've with no- a Blog on the Disney Channel. I have a lot of fun doing it. It pays almost nothing. It pays more than a podcast. Yeah, I mean, but much that's, less than any. Yeah, other TV that's job. the thing. I know. I think about that too. I'm like. God, I will totally go be a wacky mom on a Nickelodeon show. Like, I'm perfectly happy it's with so that. Fun. It's as so fun. As long great. as I can, like, put food on the table. But yeah. that it gets oh, a little yeah. tricky with, like, yeah. the sort no. of, like, it, value like a, placed on. Even, the, yeah. Yeah, and it's right. So but. I can't, you know, it, it, I try to let go of the ego stuff because it's, like, in terms of comedy cachet, it has it's a negative negative value. I but don't um, care about but that. who? But you kind of can't care. At some point, you kind of fucking can't care about that stuff anymore. It really is. It's and like honestly, it's like, like, like leave yeah. the junior high behind. I got to leave the junior oh, high absolutely. behind. Absolutely, and that's very that's hard so to do crippling. in the city. And that's it's why very hard I to do like in the city. As people say, like it's, it's the industry. It's high school with money. I mean, absolutely. it's absolutely woo. Absolutely, there's a lot of spiritual battles that I have to wage. Correct. To not be a crazy actress. <laughs> I know. I know. To not be a cuckoo. Best or worst version of our ourselves we've picked something that can yeah. turn us into the best or worst versions of ourselves okay yeah. i gotta get into this mash game because i know you have somewhere to be uh i.e work yeah, um the talking dog show okay the talking dog show uh let's do all right so this let's is how, start this is out how literal i am and dingy i am someone <laughs> i did a podcast where someone said so dog with a blog what's that about and i go well there's a dog who can talk, talk, and he has a he has a blog. You know, I thought they <laughs> like were the most. I thought they were serious. <laughs> I thought they were earnest in their questioning. And your answer they weren't. Was they were being ironic. Repeat the title of the show uh, with a few See, extra a words thrown in. Who has a blog? Uh, correct. Um, correct. And it just that was so it's, it's so bad. I am instead of getting people's like funny. Listen, <laughs> the dog represents <laughs> the Constitution of America. No, I, I tr- let's try to make it even deeper. Well, Okay, Let's so try we'll to make just it do math. Okay, so, um, all right. I love that you have your own notepad. Did a fan make that for you? Uh, yes, I have to say that... You have um, super fans. I, that the, this was made by uh, a joint effort by two of my fans who became uh, what I like to call associate producers on the show. Uh, Jules and, and Victoria. Shout out to my ladies. Um, right. Who, by the way, one lives in New Zealand and one lives in um, 
the Pacific Northwest, and they're actually now planning uh, a visit so that they can meet, which is oh, kind lovely. of the best thing ever. What, how the JV uh, Club does great things in this world. It's like pen palmanship almost. It does great things in this um, world. Okay, so first one for you, we're gonna, I'm going to go with... Uh, a skill that you wish you had that can be a completely useless skill or can be like something that you really feel like you need to be better at but you know as as whimsical or silly as you might want to go is fine whether it's an instrument or being able to fly or being able to juggle and how many do I give you again three three um can I just tell you what I like to do and then what I would do because sometimes I know you ask people like what would you do if you weren't an actor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wish I was really really good at because I'm okay at dancing. Yeah. But I'm still a little bit of a gawky, gawky wish. I wish I was a fantastic dancer. Love it. Because I love to dance. Love it. And I want to like win dance awards. <laughs> love it. I was just a fantastic dancer. I wish I used to be, I walked to your house and said, are you a designer? And you're no. like, I used to be. I wish that I was, uh, I love home deck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the HGTV. I wish that I had more of a gift. Mm-hmm. I'm an incredible bargain shopper. So I can I can go to Home Cheapo and I can That's just nice. be like, this looks like restoration hardware. I'm going to get this yes. and I can like flip a house. That's a definitely But I a wish skill. I had better skill that I could really just do it and not okay. need a designer. and could just love do it. it and help and, do it and have that as a backup career. Great. And then finally, a skill I wish I had. I wish I were better. Computers make me cry. Mm, yeah. I wish I were better at, they make me cry. I can't figure out the things in my new car that are computer-based. Yeah. I wish that I all it. came supernaturally to me and didn't make me cry. Great. That's a great one. Please. It's great. I don't want to do it as a career. It would make my life easier. Yes. Yes. Completely understand. Um, all right. I'm going, uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, three places that you have never been that you would like to visit that you will soon be going to imminently. Uh, Ooh, there's that, that the, the Bali thing with the like, the, you know, your, your hotel, you know, thatched hut. Yeah, thatch tied over the water. Over the water, thatch tied over water. Great. Um, Bali. um, You know, I've... Let's see. Because there's... This thing's like, oh, I've never been to Egypt, but there's places... I've never been to India, but there's places where there's just a lot of poverty. Yeah. And I know it's kind of rough. Yeah. I know it's rough. Um, I have never been to, um, well, let me see. Have you traveled a lot? I have traveled a So time. you have. So you've so been I've to been a lot been of places. So I've been to Africa places. and I've been all over South That's America. That's so great. I used to, my, my, my mom was really into traveling. My parents traveled. So I got the, tra- I, I have the travel well, book. When I mean, we can amend this too, to be like a place that like, so, like the next place you're going back to too. Okay. So like the next place I'm going back to, them. like, I'll tell you what was, was gorgeous was, Prague was gorgeous. Mm, I'd love to go to Prague. So I'd love to go to Prague. And I'll tell you also Berlin was like just super hip. Yeah, that's and so what groovy. Arden, and I went to those Arden like Marine just told and me. I went I to, to those to like over a decade ago. Yeah. Like so you Prague get when due. it was just getting discovered and then but people then say Warsaw got really hip. Hmm. And then like, you know, Budapest and so some of those like funky Eastern Europeans like go discover the funkiness yeah. of some of those Eastern European cities. But then also like um yeah, or okay, so wh- I just wrote down Bali, Prague, and Berlin. Okay, that's cool. Because then now I want to like, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to go to Greece. Yeah, I want to, you know, I want to cruise in the Mediterranean. I want to go to, uh, you know, the, the Ibiza. 
you know what? Ibiza. Ibiza. Do some dancing with you. Listen, you could be the fantastic dancer. Okay, let's cross out Berlin and put Ibiza. Okay, great. Uh, eh, neither. How about um, uh, languages? Three languages you wish you could speak fluently. I have struggled to speak Spanish fluently for so long. I have to put that down. Great. I, I, you know, I speak Spanglish mm-hmm. to, to a lot of people in, who I interact with on a daily basis <laughs> in California, and they may or may not think I'm gonna, you know, like I'm a, just a dumb dumb. Spanglish. I wanted to speak fluent Spanish. I would like to speak fluent um, Italian. Is it cheesy to go all romance languages, French, Italian, I would. and Spanish? I French, think Italian, I probably would. Spanish. I think I, I, I like. I throw in Japanese because I feel like I'd be super cool if I did. You would be so cool. And by the way, but if you spoke Chinese, then you would be like you would know, be speaking the, really the, the, the language that you probably will need to speak in the future because the population is going to tip. Into, I know. Although which dialect? But I don't. I'm not. I'm not super. It's so interesting. I'm. I'm. It's like Latin American studies minor in college, it's very but I was never the, 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 the romance languages are just Asia. musical in a way that are so I love so the romance pleasant. languages. I love Europe and I love South and Central America and I'm not that interested in Asia or the Asian languages. So mm-hmm. there we mm-hmm. go. Sorry if this anyone's Asian. I love you and I think you're beautiful. But I know. For, as no, far as listen, visiting just, um, or yeah. speaking. Yeah. It's, it's also be a bitch to learn. But eh, okay. yeah. Moving on. That's okay. This is your MASH game. You don't have to apologize I'm, It's my MASH anything. game. It's my world. Um, how it's about three... Uh, how about three books that you can um, jump into at any time? Whether that's a children's book, books from your youth, books that you love now. Mm. Are you going to edit out the pauses? Because I'm going to have to think on these. No, I, I probably won't because I like to oh, because I like to use these pauses to let the listener also uh, consider what they would pick. So for those okay, of you who are waiting you, for Beth to come up with something. Actually, this is cheesy and embarrassing, mm-hmm. but it's a children's book. Mm-hmm. I've read them as an adult. Yeah. There's a wonderful writer and I'm going to, I'm not going to be embarrassed to, to turn people on to her. Please don't. Eva Ibbotson. Okay. Because she's considered a children's writer, but she doesn't consider herself a children's writer. She actually has written children's books, Mm -hmm. including the something about a short story about like platform nine and a half that was then pretty much lifted directly oh, and put harry into harry potter, potter. yeah and jk rowling kind of admits that and eva oh, ibbotson said oh it's flattering eva ibbotson didn't have an issue but so she's a great she's got some children's books out there but then she writes what's considered this young adult romance although i think she would like it to be also just adult romance that's yes. that takes place eva ibbotson herself was um a young girl and they had to flee, I believe, um, not Germany, but the country next to it that has the Poland? Danube, no, the, the uh, Hungary, or no, it's... Yeah. No, wait, no, isn't that v- right? V- v- Vienna, Austria. They had to Austria. flee Austria. <laughs> and it. they had to flee Austria, and they went to England, and it was like they had to leave all their wealth behind, and then her parents were professors. And so she writes a lot of stories about this period, but some of them are more turn of the century, and some of them, are, and they're all like with this plucky young heroine, and she's a ballerina, or she's really bookish, but she, and they're all these sort of delicious you know, and then there's a dark, older, you know, somewhat haunted, but really also very wonderful hero. Who totally, it's all up my alley. It's I like mean, Twilight the Better, right? Great. It's all like Twilight the Better. They're also they're they're wonderful in terms of just their the the references to the culture at the time and the books and music at the time and the European cities at the time. And they so they span their sort of you know, it's either turn of the century, it's pre-World War One, it's around, you know, or it's 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 World War Two, um, you know, and there's little these little these little Russian, you know, a little Russian princess who then has to go be a um, 
a housemaid in England oh, because they've had to perfect. flee the czars. It's and perfect. I love them also. Eva Ibbotson. So one of her books, or many of her books, God. And um, what are the other ones? You know, I read these like these books that are sort of, you know, dark, and I like them when they like this redemption at the end. Um, I don't I want to fly into. I'm reading Harry Potter to Jackson now, but that's I don't necessarily want to live. Yeah. In Harry Potter's world, it's a little scary to me. It is scary. I might, I might pop in there. I got to tell it's you, it's a little scary to me. I'm, I kind of want my husband just like let's stop it before book four, or at book uh-huh. four. I don't want the death yeah. to start. The dementors are enough. It starts a lot of darkness in those books. There's no question about that. How are we doing on time? We're, what time? Uh, let me tell you right now that it's two thirty six. Is that bad? Two thirty six. Oh my is god, it's bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> oh my god, the book question. Oh god, there's so many books that I love that I can't think of right now. Um, okay, let's just say, no, I wouldn't want to live, like, I'm an Austin fan, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, you don't have to go live, live in there permanently, just though. This pop is like in. a pop-in. Okay, this let's like pop-in. Pop in. You could pop into Harry Potter for the fun stuff. Let's Hang pop out with Dumbledore. And, yeah. Let's just Great. pop in. No um, problem with that. And, um, and then let's pop into, um... been listening to so many self-help books or parenting recently. <laughs> like, um, the two, what have I listened to? Okay, give me, go on to another question and I'm going to come back. Great, no problem. I'm passing like on Family Feud. You, you are passing on Family Okay, what about, um, well now I'm going to, now it's going to get like, I'm getting more and more fictitious. So this could be a, bit, a, a worse challenge, but uh, vacation home in a totally fictional place, whether that's like the Shire or uh, oh, right. Mars oh, God, or, yeah. um, you know. Oh yeah. See, you're, you're just more, I mean, you're be more fict- fanciful than I am. You're more whimsical than I am. Okay. So, right. But what's like a, okay. So, you know, I want a vacation home, but is there like a, is there like a, a beach community that's fictional? Oh, <laughs> let's no, think that's, of a, that's let's fair. Think of that's a, fair. I like it. I want to be on a beach community that's that's entirely delicious and and uh, free of all assholes. And well, um, then I'm just going to create this beach community right now, right? Um, and it's not creepy. It's not you know. It's not Stepfordian. Yeah. Um, it's just really relaxed. It's like maybe it's undiscovered Costa Rica or something. Or, right. You know, it's like you know, it's that kind of thing. Okay, and then. Um, and then I would, I wouldn't mind living in, oh my God, the Shire. You're so funny, the Shire. No, why would I? I, don't know. I know. Some people just immediately like, people they know exactly what they would do. This is so not me. It's like, I'm really comfortable in Valley Village. I'm really comfortable <laughs> in my suburban home. All right. Then really it could just be three vacation homes uh, okay. in, in, some, in real life, in, real, in a real okay. place. So There's, you've got a beach was, community. Got that's the a beach community. Assuming that's a real place. And then, well, then let's have a lake community. Great. I like water. Water's really I restorative. Too. I was just down at the I like beach lakes yesterday. I like lakes I was just down at, in the Pacific, Oceans. so cold, but I always got to stick yeah. my feet in. My son and I go stick our feet Put in. Put a toe in at least. Yeah. It's restorative, man. Yeah. Um, and then the final one would be in, um, I don't know, could it be in like, a, could it be in like Rome or something? Sure. Why not? But along a river, then you can still have some water. Oh yeah. That'd be great. I'm putting you in, I'm putting you in, um, I'm putting you some, if it weren't stinky, I've never been to Venice. 
I should have put that Dubois down as a place to visit. Oh, it would be. But it's supposed one. to be stinky, Venice, right? When the canal. It didn't. Get I low. didn't think it was that. I mean, when I was there, I don't remember thinking it was that stinky. It was a little fishy smelling, but I don't know. That just made it more exotic for me. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say, let's say somewhere in Italy. Great. Perfect. Somewhere fantastic in Italy. That's so lame. Sorry, guys. No, no, no. It's one hundred percent okay. Uh, how about um, sexy, how about you own? Uh, there is absolutely no stress to it, but you also are like a partner in a restaurant that's very successful. It's very easy. You don't have to think twice about it. But it's three. There's three different restaurants that you might uh, be a successful. Well, I partner only ate in. this once. Uh, Susan Fenniger's The Street. Oh yes, right. Yeah, that's a great one. And then um, I I know everyone loves they have their sushi favorites. Mm-hmm. Many do. Many I do. happen to just love Aroha Great. in Studio City, and um, yeah, if it was just stress free, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I could just go and have you're, my table and not have to pay. Yeah, you got your table exactly. And then um, what's another really fun place? Of course, we never go out. We're some so lame. We never go. Out. I haven't read. A, I haven't read a piece of fiction. Please, you have a family. It's all right. <laughs> I don't go out to dinner. You have a job and a family. I'm so busy. Thank God we're not talking about the news. I'm in a news blackout. I have no idea what's going on. I also have no idea. Elections or politics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, so then the last restaurant would be. Um, what's a, where's a place where everything was delicious and it's like small plates and you just, a little tapas place little tapas doesn't place. even have to be a specific okay, one you just you place. have a you have a delicious tapas place i, I tapas love it place. everyone has to share food because um, sharing food is my favorite thing to do and eating a little bit of everything is my favorite oh I yes yes indeed i like i i, I i'm going to, to hopefully i will make lunch on set and get a little bite of everything on that yeah on i do that. love a buffet for that reason Especially a good like breakfast. Good, buffet it has to be good. Like, it yeah, has to be I mean, good. It can't really be no sitting point. in a warming tr- like the, correct. Know, they're, they're hash browns and they're soggy. It can't just be and, volume yeah, that you're gross. attracted to. Understood. Yeah. Um, okay, what about three, uh, three? Yeah, the family. Well, maybe you should do this. Like three foods. Things. Do the three foods question. The like no, there's no, n- no negative ramifications and no many, limit. Like how many how like whenever you want it eat. exactly. I won't have lactose intolerance. I love macaroni and cheese. Great, that's top of the list. There we go. Last night I ate half a box of After Eight mints. Oh, I love After Eight from mints. the fridge. And I'm not like a, I'm not like a chocolate binger, mm-hmm. and I'm not whatever. I just needed comfort, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I just kept going to the After Eight mints. I get it. Was and it After Eight? And it was after. <laughs> well, it was you've between done nothing eight and ten. Wrong. Listen, and you're you not supposed to eat right before going to bed. And I was still. I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I was like, should I brush my teeth or should I eat after eight mint? I'm going to yeah. eat after eight mint or yeah. three, and I'm going to go to bed without brushing my teeth. Like right. it was that time of night. Great. I was just eating after eight mints. Am I putting after eight mints on here? No, that's just a yes, reference. You are. Great. Of course, after I am. eight mints and macaroni and cheese. Eight and, mints and third. Um, the third is is probably is probably like a, a good like a, a french a great french fry oh yeah i'm just a real not? fan of like i'm surprised people savory. haven't said french fries more because french fries are like the perfect french fries are like a little treat. french like a frite yeah forget with a, with a, with a mayonnaise dipping oh, aioli thing done fantastic yeah. i bet they serve those at susan's vinegar's the street i've only been once but i'm sure she do. probably does if I've not been I, once when too, i have part I ownership i will ask oh certainly when you have part <laughs> ownership are you kidding me uh all right last question is 
uh, st- styles, three styles that you don't really feel for whatever reason that you can pull off. But oh my god, I wish fun. I could pull off so many more styles. So which styles? I would you wish pull off? old I, school could be from the twenties. Could be. I anything. wish I could pull off um, a little more of the like dress like a gentleman, like a Annie, like Me a high too. trouser Lauren Hutton. Yes. Uh, were, were you making this reference? I feel like someone's made this reference recently of like a of like a. I've got pockets in my pants and they flare out and I've got a nice heel on and mm-hmm. I've got a, a blouse that's beautifully cut. Absolutely. And um, impeccable. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm You're the tall 40s. too. You have just the perfect picture. I'm the 40s. Yeah, the per- if I, I think did, you have the perfect uh, figure for that. If I didn't slump and if I just was a little more well put together, mm. my husband said when he met me, I dressed like a laundry basket and that <laughs> still is my impulse. I feel like I'm a little laundry basket Side note, today. that looks absolutely adorable today. It's so that's ridiculous. Like my shoes are really socks. They're like Uggs that are made well, of like Well, I get away with wearing I was like, basically pajamas really whenever possible. All right. Out of a pajama top. So yeah. I've got your sort of Annie Hall, but like okay, kind of together. Okay, together. Um, uh, would that I, you know, I'd love to be, to be able to wear, you know, heels. I'd love to be able to wear, um, heeled boots. Like, let's say like a heeled mm-hmm. boot and a leather jacket. Great. And Great. jeans, right? Like I'm just, Great. I'm, I'm, I'm sexy. Yeah. It's a fantastic rich leather. I'm not Great. too cheap to have paid $500 for the leather <laughs> right. boots and a thousand dollars for the coat. Cause in real yeah. life I am too cheap to have done that. Yeah. And I don't mind heels and right. I don't mind that I'm constricted by the, in real life. I'm like my son. I want to wear soft clothes. Yes. He says I only want to wear soft clothes. Understood. So the fact that you've got like an under, like a shirt and then a blouse and then a ra- and then a sweater with a belt to me, it's already so structured that and I yet, couldn't pull it it's off. It's because I was so cold because I didn't hadn't turned on the heat. But you pull it here. off so well, beautifully. There's a heart. green, there's a navy, there's a white. Is this, this oh. a Tory Burch color scheme happening? Oh boy. So okay, yes. And so then let's make that the last one. Mm-hmm. Let's make it like a, a beachy preppy. Yep. A beachy preppy. Totally get it. A Tory. I like the Jack Rogers sandals. Yep. There's gonna totally be get a it. coral. Uh, and that's going to be, you yeah. know, and there's going to be a, that's great. A this little, could really work on some of these travels that you might end it's up going true. on. Final thing was the book coming back to a book. Right. A third book. Shit. I didn't spend mm-hmm, the time thinking mm-hmm. about it. Dr. Seuss, uh, Anne of Green Gables. I'm just throwing out some suggestions. Um, Encyclopedia Brown, Solving a Mystery. I didn't read um, where, where were we happy? Uh, we were in a happy place. Matisse said you can be, you can be like, an, you can be deep and happy. I want to be deep and happy. Oh, oh. like where's a happy book? Because I'm just thinking, like, what are the books that like? No, there's a lot of strum and drong in a lot, lot of books. Of, I'm looking over at my books. I don't think any of them are going to be where? helpful. So far, a lot of those are nonfiction, so that's not that fun. There definitely is like a. I don't know. What was it like a? Yeah, I mean, because there was one I was just thinking about today that was written by Abraham Forgese, Cutting for Stone, which I read twice in a row. I was so moved by. Do I want to live in it? No! You don't want to even pop in. I get it. Holy I God, get it. I don't want to pop in, right? Popping into, popping into something delicious. Or popping into something that'd just be fun to try. I mean, don't you think it would be fun to go into Diagon Alley with your son and just like pop around and eat some birdies, many okay. flavored beans, let's and like say it. let's delight say him and get him a book, wand? And before, yeah, there's, dementors don't exist. No, exactly. There's no danger that Voldemort's going to pop It's much up. lighter fare. You know, Lucius Malfoy won't even show his face there because you go. he's a bastard. No, there's you guys go just, to wherever you want to go. There's yeah, d- and, Dumbledore, and Dumbledore. By the way, Dumbledore's always watching out. Dumbledore oh, could yeah, be like so safe. He could be my protector figure, like in my life. Oh yeah, that's a good one. He has a one. lot to do. Like some, he's not he's not always there for Harry, but if Dumbledore yeah. were always there watching out in a godlike way, 
I could yeah. really, I could really tuck him in, yeah. in my the back pocket get of my it. consciousness. I super get it. All right, I'm gonna get you out of here. Okay. Tell me when to stop. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Uh, pausing this. If you need to take a potty break before you scream out to work and stuff, I'll be right back. I got it, but I just realized that um, I was just saying uh, offline that I forgot to ask you for your crush. I wonder who they would have been. Oh, yeah. I could just figure it out. Do you, do you have three that you could... You have to be super extemporaneous because you're out of time. I know because I'm out of time. Um, I, I loved Liam Neeson when he was younger. Yes. He's a little old for me now. I loved him when he was younger. Yep. I loved Alan Rickman when he was younger. Agreed. I don't even know if I... Adored. Sense of sensibility, right? Yeah. But even like, I thought he was... I, I liked him as oh. a bad boy in Die Hard. Oh, I didn't... That was the first time I, I saw him. This is so random that I haven't seen Die Hard. I have such holes in my <laughs> basic knowledge and pop culture really knowledge right. and history knowledge. Okay, cheese me out but i'm going to say our pats not as our pats but our pats as edward cullen robert pattinson oh our pats okay got it, got it, you got know it. what your younger listeners and the 16 year old and all of us will appreciate that that was very extemporaneous because i could okay. now spend the night up thinking about who i should have said well i'll tell you what i just did a quick uh one two three four five with uh with your picks and i can tell you that you ended up with young liam neeson so oh well he's done. so hot well great done. and he's a you, loving he was like a loving husband oh very much so. you know i saw him and her in anna christie on stage before they were when they met oh, each other yeah. and the oh, heat was magic. palpable oh that's so exciting the heat was palpable oh, on i love stage. that you that's when they fell in that. love yeah well listen now you've got your own claim on young liam neeson and you guys can cuddle up together in your italian shack up with a shack but i think it's very romantic oh, but it's italian uh you're in yeah you definitely are somewhere in italy and that's just your vacation home so no worries it's just oh, like fantastic. small and gets a regular home will be in, in suburban uh, los angeles there you go. in valley village now strangely enough you also speak fluent spanish you did not get fluent italian uh in your languages that's okay so they understand you when you speak Sp- and Sp- spanish they're very close the they're, romance language you're going to be all set you're going to be just patience. fine you're going to pop over and uh have a nice visit back over to prague <gasps> So please enjoy that. I'll just take a Mine cheap well, air, just jaunt, a little yeah, air jaunt. Yeah, get a little air jaunt going. Fantastic visit. Um, uh, I want to also congratulate you on your ability to pop into uh, one of Eve Ibbotson's books. Oh, I'm so, so happy. You can really just Europe. get that oh my all God. over yourself. I love Eve Ibbotson's um, books. A couple of things that I think marry well together is that uh, not only do you put on a very nice... Uh, gentleman-inspired ensemble yes. that's very tailored and very graceful. Catherine Hepburn is what I was thinking. Catherine of Hepburn. But you also uh, have a real eye for interiors. Oh, so I'm, just, congratulations. I'm just... So the shack is very well-appointed. Very well-appointed indeed. Great taste. Um, and then on the food front, I want to assure you that at any moment, anywhere, anytime, not surprisingly, because you're in Italy uh, much of the time, but you have uh, infinite access to macaroni and cheese with no negative <laughs> ramifications oh, whatsoever it is but my favorite food. when you're back home and in comfortable valley village you also can pop into a roha sushi yeah. and have your sushi shout uh, out to my just roha whenever peeps. you like i love it um i'm going to get you off to work to your lunch so that you can have a little bit of everything a bit um, of your but i want to say i'm so thrilled that you reached out because you absolutely are someone that i because i like love the all these women that you're interviewing i'm eating this stuff up and well, i get like, very like what's right in front of me so it's like oh i saw Kate i saw Kate Kuchi, here she is and i haven't seen you in so long no, we haven't seen and the second so i saw your name i was like oh my god she's my like a dream podcast I'm so guest so i'm so glad to it worked be included. out 
invited in the JV ah, club. I'm so um, uh, and you certainly are on Twitter because that's how I am on Twitter. Other, it's so. hard for me to get to it. Yeah. But I'm going to, you tell me when and I'll do my shout outs and stuff. This, and then we'll yeah. get some younger uh, listeners. Maybe I'll go. say it's Perfect. a little, it's a tiny bit PG 13, but that's and you can right. tell them that they're people that, that it's the girl who does the voice of Cora. Cause maybe some of the kids yes. who watch your show, not to say families, my show is a family show also. Yeah. Uh, some good, some good kid show crossover and some good family show crossover. Um, and thanks again all for good doing info the for, the, yes. for the young gals. Uh, Thanks, babe. Joy. It was great. All right. Loved it. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.